Hey everyone, Michael here. Hope you're all doing well with all this insanity that's going on right now. I'm sure you've got plenty on your minds, but for those of you who are still listening, I just wanted to give you an update on the remainder of Season 2. Sorry to say that I'm going to have to postpone the finale, what with everything that's going on. It's just hard to focus on creative stuff right now. We're in this crazy period where our whole way of living has completely changed in a matter of days, and it very well could change even more drastically in the days to come. And uh, like all of you, I've got a mortgage and bills to pay, and employment is uncertain at best right now. So currently... I just have to focus on preparing for the worst, and I just don't think I'll have time to work on the podcast for a little while. But who knows, maybe if we legitimately get quarantined, I'll have nothing better to do than to work on the Backwoods Radio Show. Guess we just gotta see how things pan out. So for now, this will be the last episode for a while. Uh, Wish I had a bigger, crazier episode to end on. The finale was set to be super fun and action-packed and over-the-top, and I was really looking forward to sharing it with all of you. And I'm sure I still will. One day, hopefully sooner rather than later. As it stands, this one's pretty low-key, kind of back-to-basics. And forgive me if there's any blips or little mistakes in it. Uh, I really haven't had a chance to go through it with a fine-tooth comb and... You know, I'm supposed to be releasing it now, and I just wanted to get it out there, you know, so you guys have one last episode to listen to until this whole thing blows over. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you're all doing well, and I'll talk to you soon. Be safe out there. We got cannibal children and traders so please come on down and be the lucky ball bearer for discarded guts from bloody wendigo terrors right here in Snack County right here in Dog Mama and Sheriff Bo have issued a warning for Dog Snout County, urging residents to disregard the strange moans coming from the Creaky Trees Forest. As of late, unsettling moaning sounds have been coming from the woods, and folks' natural inclination has been to follow those sounds. The moans in question seem to be coming from a mysterious shack out in the forest. The shack sticks out like a sore thumb as it doesn't appear to be contemporary at all, what with its straw rooftop and open windows. It actually looks more like something out of the colonial era. It is currently unclear as to who, if anybody, is the proprietor of the shack. And tracking down the owner might seem like it would come easy to law enforcement, but it's hard to track down the owner of a shack, which in and of itself is hard to track down. See, the thing is, this particular shack tends to move from location to location with every passing day sometimes disappearing completely for days at a time, only to pop back up on the other side of the Creaky Trees Forest later in the week. 
Mayor Mama and Sheriff Bo were first made aware of the shack a few weeks back. Bobby Joe and his wife slash sister, Selma, were hiking through the woods when they heard the moans. Of course, they decided to follow the noise. After following the sound for some time, the incestuous couple eventually stumbled upon the old shack. To his sister-wife's dismay, Bobby Joe decided to step inside and see what all the hoopla was about. Upon entering the little shanty, the structure dematerialized completely right before Selma's eyes. She reported the incident to Sheriff Bo, who went out into the forest to investigate, but there was no sign of Bobby Joe or the alleged shack. Having known Selma for many, many years and being quite certain that she wasn't one to make stuff up, Sheriff Bo issued a statement to Dogsnout County, informing residents of the situation and advocating that they ignore the moans and steer clear of the Creaky Trees Forest entirely. He even released a recording of the sounds, and I'm going to play that recording for you right now so you know what to look out for. Naturally, as is par for the course of Dog Snout residents, folks totally disregarded the statement and went out hunting for the old shack anyways, in hopes of being the one to solve the mystery. Unfortunately, those such folks ended up being swallowed up by the structure, just as Bobby Joe had been. After losing a sizable group of people to the shack, Sheriff Bo brought the situation to Mayor Mama's attention and urged her to do something about it. That resulted in a county-wide ordinance forbidding residents from stepping foot in the Creaky Trees Forest under threat of being fined. Now, Sheriff Bo, being mostly illiterate and having a proclivity for reaching for his flamethrower at the sight of even the most minor of offenses, misread the memo and thought it read, under threat of fire, rather than under threat of being fined. So, as is common with Sheriff Bo, he has been torching lawbreakers who find themselves wandering about the forbidden creaky trees forest, reducing them to little piles of ash. Which, if I must say, is a significantly more motivating deterrent than a measly fine. But folks, the story doesn't end there. Bobby Joe had been missing for three full weeks, and one night, this past Monday in fact, he returned, though not in the same state in which he had left. While Selma was laying in her bed asleep, she heard a ruckus down in her kitchen. She grabbed the baseball bat that she keeps under her bed, the one with the circular saw embedded into it, and tiptoed down to the kitchen where she spotted a man standing by the stove, hovering over a pot of spaghetti she had just made a few short hours before. At first, Selma was scared, but then she recognized the silhouette. It was her beloved brother husband, Bobby Joe. She was ecstatic, at least for a few fleeting moments. 
Selma flipped the light switch on and her happiness was swiftly washed away. While the figure was indeed Bobby Joe, to her horror, she saw that his head had been replaced by some sort of bizarre, giant fungal mass quivering and pulsating in the moonlight. And even more unnerving was the smiley face painted onto the fungus with old shoe polish. Selma stood there, staring slack-jawed at the monstrosity that had once been her beloved brother-husband. She called out to him sheepishly, but Bobby Joe didn't even seem to notice her. He just stood there, aimlessly trying to shovel forkfuls of spaghetti into the area where his mouth once was. Cold, wet noodles sliding off the surface of the quivering mass that had overtaken his head and dropping onto the floor below with a loud splat. It was as if some bit of Bobby Joe was still left in there, muscle memory naively clutching onto a life that once was. So far, 11 residents have ventured out into the shack, only to return with their heads replaced by the mysterious fungus. Those subjects have been quarantined down at Barber Dr. Waylon Walker's Barbershop Sawbones Emporium for observation and further testing. Barber Dr. Waylon Walker was hoping that he might be able to create some sort of cure for the ailment that would return the patient's heads to their natural forms. Sadly, upon analyzing some samples and operating on some of the subjects, he found that their heads were not encased in the fungus as originally perceived, but rather that their heads had in fact been removed entirely and the fungus was planted within their throat cavities. While this may seem like a dire outcome, it is worth noting that the fungus is somehow keeping the patient's bodies alive and Barber Dr. Waylon Walker is hopeful that if we were to locate the missing heads, that he just may be able to reattach them. He informed Sheriff Bo of his findings, and the sheriff has since gone out searching for the shack in hopes of recovering the severed heads. Of course, in doing so, Sheriff Bo risks falling victim to the same parlous fate that the others have been reduced to. And now, here's everyone's favorite half-man, half-alligator weather mutant, Gator Gary, with the forecast. Whoa, 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 Gary, Gary, stop. What the heck are you doing in the booth there? No one can understand anything you're saying. You sick or something? Come on out here, Gary. Let me take a gander at you. What's that on your head, Gary? Gary? Did you go out into the shack in the woods? God damn it, Gary. All right, folks, I gotta take a little break here. Looks like Gary's head has been replaced with one of those fungal masses, and I better see to hauling him on down to Barber Dr. Waylon Walker's Barbershop Sawbones Emporium for analysis. In the meantime, here's a song for you. 
This little tune is an ode to one of my personal homicidal heroes, and I'm sure Phantasm fans will enjoy it. This is The Tall Man by Poltergeist O.D. Fucking fantastic, keepin' phantasm, poltergeist, goddammit, I can't stand it. Don't fear, don't fear, the black chasm, last chance to command action, action. Already did cancel that random death rattle, shaking like I'm having back spasms. Betterly ransack him, every last atom, hunted like Patch Adams, on fire like a bad batch of Samsung. I can take you to a place that's so much worse than hell, so I've hurt your will and burn you well. The funeral's about to begin, sir, and it was worth the kill. It starts in the cemetery, ends with the play, ends with the fades, end in my way. You can see the evil spreads like a plague. Come and see Oblivion, I beg you to stay Boy, you can see a casket or two The rapture's ravage, you're collapsing The moon breaks, fears of fear near for path to get through Little hood of creatures for handling you Welcome to the cult Kill them all, kill them all, kill them Sell them half a pulse, we're all cannibals You don't have the balls, knock you off your fucking pedestal Cross-dimensional, intellectual, dangerous With your reflection pulled through yourself Your pulse vibrating like angel dust uh. No fakes with us, uh. come get insane, the rains with us, main with us. Uh. Come get insane, the rains with us, main with us. Dead, Lord of the dead, you can wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain all the blood that was stored in his head. Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead, you can wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain all the blood that was stored in his head. I just need a tuning fork and a pen. Undertaker, under stress, you're in over your head. Over the hill with the ball and a spike. Right, Mike, I'ma open your friends. Oh, don't, don't get involved then. Try and take a shotgun to the tall man. Will he shotguns a tall can? Conjures a black hole and kicks your fucking walls in. I'm so deadly, Reggie. Not so friendly, Reggie. I am death directly, Reggie. I will fucking end this, Reggie. Cause when the game is finished, that's when you die. A part of me of being every tear that you cry. I'll be inside every mirror nearby. Open your eyes while I open the skies. Open your minds, literally. And figuratively. And figuratively. I'm making the killer, replacing the living I'm breaking in acres and acres of villains For real, I'm a different breed I'ma give them a different reason And deep in the ceiling Sticking the needle so deep in the tissue It breaches the bone till it reaches the core And it eats through your soul Then I'm tearing it out like pulling the key through the hole Whatever your mind frame, whenever the time frame You're never in my lane, I really get irate Mr. Scrim, never forget my name I raise brows, I sharp as a side blade Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead You can wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead You can wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head Welcome back, listeners. I'm sure you're wondering how Gary is doing. Well, not so good right now. Barber Dr. Waylon Walker currently has him quarantined and is running some tests on him. But until Sheriff Bo comes back with his head, well, there's not much we can do. But if anyone can retrieve those heads, it's Sheriff Bo. In his decades-long tenure as town sheriff, he hasn't let us down yet. Not once. But to play it safe, please send your thoughts and prayers Gary's way. He could really use them right about now. 
and the rest of the fungi's victims, for that matter. Now, we're at about the midpoint of the show, and now's about the time where I like to switch things up and turn things over to my audience. Let's take a call from one of our listeners, shall we? You're on the Backwoods Radio Show. Who do I got on the line today? Uh, hi there, Squatch. My name's Jesse. Well, hello, Jesse. What can old Uncle Squatch help you out with today? Well, I just met this beautiful young lady, and I'm a little worried about how to proceed with the relationship to make sure that it lasts long, you know? I see. Now, what's this fine maiden's name, Jesse? Well, I'm actually not quite sure what her first name is. Uh, the surname on her gravestone said Simmons. At least I think it did. It was kind of dark out when I dug her body up. Now, wait a second. Is this the same Jesse who called in last season about proposing to the corpse of a woman? Why, yes, yes it is. Now, I can't believe you remembered. Well, of course I remember you, Jesse. Nothing sticks with me like a good old-fashioned love story. Forgive me for being forward, but what happened to the first corpse you married? I hope things ended on good terms. Well, if I'm going to be honest with you, Mr. Ronson, I'm still a little broken up about it. She, um, she rotted away, unfortunately. I knew it was only a matter of time when I married her, but it was still pretty hard on me. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. Well, it sounds like you found love again. That's a nice little silver lining, if you ask me, and it's something worth celebrating. Yeah, it is. And I'm just head over heels for this new girl, and she's a lot fresher than Stacy was when I dug her up. When I started courting this Miss Simmons, she had only been buried a few days, so I'm hoping I have a little more time with her. But that's actually what I want to ask you about. I would love this relationship to last well into my old age, and... Even beyond when I, too, become a corpse. But I don't know the best way to preserve her. Hmm. That's quite a conundrum. Uh... I mean, you could always have her taxidermied. There's quite a few folks here in Dogsnow County who could do a good job with her. There's Norm over at the Creaky Trees Motel, but he's more of a hobbyist. His prices are lower, sure, but if you want quality... I'm inclined to recommend Daddy Longbones. His prices are higher, but he's a pro. If you go with Norm, you might save a few pennies, but Miss Simmons might come out all lumpy and what have you. No offense, Norm. Uh, okay, that, that definitely sounds like a viable option, but, um, wouldn't that, you know, kind of take away her flexibility for, well... You know... Being intimate? Well, shucks, Mr. Ronson, you're making me blush. <laughs> Don't be so bashful, kid. You ain't the only fella in Dogsnow County making sweet love to a corpse, I can promise you that. But, yes, I suppose taxidermy could get in the way of your love life a bit. After Norm or Daddy Longbones gets done with her, she'll surely be stiff. And I'm talking stiffer than King Pork in a slaughterhouse. Yeah, I, I don't think I want that. Well, um, you could always pickle her. Pickle her? Well, sure. Here's what you do. You get yourself a nice big vat of vinegar and you dunk her in there, you know? Sprinkle a little sugar in there. 
Make sure she's fully submerged and keep the lid on tight. Maybe push that barrel into a nice cool corner out of the way of direct sunlight or in a closet if you really want to play it safe. And then when movie night rolls around or when you want to go on a date, you just fish her out of there. It'll keep her nice and soft too and probably preserve her indefinitely. As long as you don't let her dry out, that is. Really? Oh, most definitely. The Ronson bloodline has been pickling our deceased loved ones for generations. I've got barrels full of Ronsons in my cellar, and I bust them out every now and again when I'm feeling sentimental. Wow, Mr. Ronson, you are just full of wisdom. I, I can't thank you enough. I, I really do appreciate this, sir. Don't sweat it, Jesse. Anything to help a romance blossom. Now, you take good care of Miss Simmons now, you hear? Will do, Mr. Ronson. You have a blessed day now. I'll be sure to send you an invite to the wedding once we get it all squared away. I can't wait, kid. I'm sure Miss Simmons will make a beautiful corpse bride. Now, you take care now, Jesse. Uh, okay, bye bye now. <sighs> Young love, folks. Never ceases to give me butterflies deep in my belly. Actually, uh, that butterfly sensation I'm feeling right now might be more to do with the rancid meat I ate earlier. Over the musical break, I was nibbling on that intern I killed. Uh. I think I may have left him out too long. Uh. Oh boy. I better get myself over to the commode right quick. In the meantime, here's a word from our sponsors. Are you tired of cheap chewing gum losing its flavor after just a few minutes? Then you need to try Crunk's patented Rubble Gum. But don't take it from me. Here's what the founder of the company has to say. My name's Crunk. I caveman who lived down at Quarry. Regular gum is stupid baby gum for doo-doo heads. If you're tired of chewing gum and it go bye-bye after chewing it for too long, and then you have to keep buying more and more gum, then you need Crunk's patented rubble gum. The gum that rocks. And that's not a euphemism. Crunk's rubble gum is made from actual rocks, hand-selected by Crunk himself, carefully picked from the quarry he lives in. And unlike the big brand chewing gum that can be inconsistent with flavor, Crunk's rubble gum goes through the most stringent quality control to make sure you only get the best rocks in town. Crunk personally tests every piece of rubble gum by licking each one to make sure it's perfect. Only the best rock for Crunk customers. And if you're not satisfied with your chewing rock, Crunk will replace it free of charge. Crunk guarantee that you can chew these rocks forever without it ever losing its flavor or getting soft. Only thing that will get soft is customers' teeth. So the rubble gum lasts even longer since you now have teeth no more to chew with. And what do these delectable rocks cost, you ask? $5? $10? Not a chance! Crunk's rubble gum go for the low, low price of two human heads on pipes. Customer bring decapitated heads to Crunk's quarry to trade for Crunk's patented rubble gum. And then, customer never have to buy stupid doodoo head baby gum 
ever again. Don't waste your time and money with old-fashioned chewing gum. Come on down to Crunk's Quarry and pick yourself up some of Crunk's revolutionary rubble gum. Don't forget to bring two human heads on pikes, please. Crunk very hungry. Crunk only ever eat rocks. And rocks no taste good. Rocks hurt Crunk's tummy and break all his teeth. So Crunk no can get a girlfriend, cause Crunk no can smile. Crunk very sad and lonely. Crunk spend most of his days alone down at the quarry. But wait! There's more! If you bring three severed human heads on pikes down to the quarry, Crunk will throw in one of his patented migraine cinder blocks for free! That's right! Free! Does cinder block help migraine by dropping cinder block on foot to distract you from the pain in your head bone? Crunk's Rebel Gum. The gum that rocks. Crunk is not responsible for shattered teeth or diverticulitis caused by eating rocks and is therefore not liable for your dental or medical expenses. Welcome back, friends. I am happy to report that Gary, along with the rest of the folks who were overtaken by the fungus, have had their heads reattached and are now in stable condition. Over the break, Sheriff Bo managed to track down the shack and stepped inside before it dematerialized. To his surprise, he found the decapitated head of an ancient jinn, otherwise known as a demonic spirit, sitting on a small coffee table in the center of the shack. To add to the high strangeness of the situation, the jinn was surrounded by the severed heads of the victimized dog snout residents, which were placed on chairs surrounding the little coffee table. Tiny little teacups set on the tabletop before them, like some sort of deranged tea party. Knowing full well that a demon can't resist the urge for exposition, Sheriff Bo asked what all this nonsense was about. Now apparently, this gin terrorized Dog Snout County way back in the 1600s, and the townsfolk, with the help of Lady Blair, decapitated the demon and trapped his head inside the shack. Then. Lady Blair put a spell on said shack that would cause it to shift around through time and space so as to avoid any of the townsfolk stumbling upon it accidentally. As it would seem, the ancient being had gotten quite lonely the past few years and started luring Dog Snout County residents into his domain and decapitating them so that it could enjoy the company of like-minded individuals. By like-minded individuals, I specifically mean disembodied heads. As for replacing their heads with the massive fungus with a smiley face painted on it, well, the djinn informed Sheriff Bo that by doing such, it assumed that nobody would notice that their loved one's heads were gone. But, uh, of course we did. It was pretty obvious. But then, it hit Sheriff Bo. If this djinn had been reduced to a decapitated head atop a coffee table, then who was doing its dirty work? At that very moment, the jinn's headless body popped out of a nearby closet with a rusty scythe and tried to behead our beloved sheriff. But Sheriff Bo was used to folks trying to decapitate him with old farm tools. He ducked and swiftly drew his flamethrower, torching the headless goon. He then turned that little handheld mechanical dragon of his on the rest of the shack. 
he scooped up the heads of the dog snout residents, including Gary's, and vacated the abode, the sounds of the gin screeching in pain echoing behind him, eventually coming to an abrupt stop as the shack blipped out of existence. About 30 seconds later, the shack reappeared in another corner of the forest, still ablaze, the sound of the gin screaming droning on for a few brief minutes before eventually blipping out of existence once again. As it would seem, the gin is not only trapped inside the old shack, but is now doomed to burn for all eternity. Honestly, it's kind of sad, considering the fact that all the demon wanted was some headless friends to have a tea party with. Now, we're nearing the end of the show, but before I sign off for the day, I still got to give you all the traffic report. The only road in our one-road town is currently experiencing extreme delays as dozens of folks with giant fungal masses where their heads should be have started wandering into the streets. Apparently, the Jin claimed far more victims than we had previously thought. Though, Sheriff Bo has insisted that he only saw the heads of the Jin's most recent victims. Which means either the folks' heads decayed some time ago, or they were stashed somewhere in the shack, which is now perpetually burning for all eternity. In either case, it doesn't look like those people will be getting their heads back anytime soon, if at all. But, judging by the smiles on their faces, they seem pretty content with their new lives. Though, it is worth noting that their faces are oversized lumps of fungus, and those smiles were painted on in shoe polish by the headless body of a dark, ancient deity. Well, friends, that should just about do it for today's show. I've been Squatch Ronson, and you've been one heck of an audience. But before I go, here's a bit of advice. Every day above ground is a great day. Even if your head has been replaced with a massive hunk of fungus and you find yourself wandering about town by sheer muscle memory, at least you're still walking. And that's worth cherishing. So turn that frown upside down and put on a happy face. Just be sure to disinfect that happy face after you peel it off the skull of your victim.
baby 